Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like great banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hello everybody, how are you? Welcome, congratulations on not killing yourself You survived another week, I'm proud of you Earth is hard Welcome to another episode of The Voices in Our Heads. My name is Christina, and I'm so honored to be the voice in your head right now. I made a, I write notes to myself all the time, and I'm just looking at this one in the book that I'm going to read later. It says, be still. Okay. Speak softly and take your time. Uh, speak softly. I yell all the time, and I don't... Ugh. I'm trying to... I'm trying to... I don't... I realize I don't have to yell. I don't, why do I yell? I'm like, is it some inner child thing where I just like wasn't heard? Cause I know all, all growing up, my dad specifically would be like, shh, Christina, quiet. Like when I would talk, but I was yelling. So I'm like, you're just trying to stifle my creativity. But really I was screaming in a quiet space. Um, so I'm going to stop yelling. What am I, who am I yelling for? Me? No, it's not you. It's a podcast. You can fucking turn it up if you can't hear me. I said the other day, I was like, hey Siri, what time is it? And I said it, oh, there she goes. She's going to tell me. Uh, I said it's super soft. Like, she's not going to hear that. And she completely was like, it's 12.03. I'm like, whoa, I don't got to yell at Siri. Sorry, girl. Sorry. Hey, guys, remember when podcasts used to just be audio? Because it was a podcast. And that's the definition of a podcast is just audio. I got to be honest. I missed that. I missed that when podcasts were just audio. Back in my day, when I started podcasts, there was no video. And it was really nice because you could come to the recording looking like a pile of shit. And it was okay because all that mattered was what you were saying and how you were saying it and the points you were making. Didn't matter what lipstick color you wore. Didn't matter what your hair looked like. And it's just, it's, I gotta say, uh, I miss it. I miss it. And I, I, you know, every once in a while, I'll look up the definition of a word that I use often just to double check. You know, you can't hurt. Sometimes I'll find out that I've been using a word wrong this whole time. And uh, I looked up the definition of podcast just to see, just to make sure. I mean, I know I was musing it right. But uh, it, if you're wondering, a podcast is described as a digital audio file, a digital audio file, no video, huh? Made available on the internet for downloading to a computer or mobile device, typically available as a series. New installments of which can be received by subscribers automatically. Content creators appreciate that part of the definition. Um, yeah, I just really miss when a podcast was all audio. You're you're going to be listening to this on audio. So I understand you're probably like, what are you talking about? There's a fucking camera in my face that I'm staring at. And beyond that camera is a television with my face on it. And it's just too much of my face for me um, because I, and I did this to myself. But I do a lot of podcasts and they all have video because now we need video. And you got just so much to think about. And I got to say, this is a great career. I love it. Very thankful for it. If I had a complaint, I could t- I could tell you a couple. One of them, but one of them is when you're having like a bad time mentally and you got to go on a podcast because you have to do it because it's your source of income and you have to do it. And you don't feel like you feel like dying, like literally thinking of ways and you got to show up and go, hey, guys, hey, fuckers. <laughs> and then you have to go home and then watch yourself on video having a borderline mental breakdown. 
and you got to clip it up and give it to your guy for clips. And you're like, okay, use this timestamp. This is the least craziest one of me talking. It's just a lot. It's a lot. You know, I think we're all self-conscious about things. I'm not really self-conscious about much, but when I'm having a bad day and I got to record a podcast on video, I'm just like, why do we got to have the video? But well, I know we'll never go back because we already went forward with that. And it's never not going to happen. It's all about clips, baby. It's all about clips. And I get it. I'm not complaining. I am. But it's fine. I'm not having a bad day today. I'm actually having a great day. Uh, but pfft, I wonder if podcasting will ever go back to just audio. That'd be so sick. Because then you don't got to worry about a set. You just there's so much less to worry about. And you just show up and do the damn thing. But that'll never happen. Um I feel a lot better getting that off my chest. Thank you for listening. Be, I'm just saying, being a woman on the internet is a risk these days. It's a fucking risk, especially if you're not having a great mental health day. And then you're like, ugh, I wasn't feeling it when I was talking. And but I got to clip it up. Got to do the clips. It's all about the clips. Because what if they go viral? And what if they remind me, yeah, Christina, you are important. Because look at all the views and the likes. Because that's all that matters. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk about how podcasting should just be audio only. Appreciate you. Um, guys, uh, one thing that I learned from being friends with a dog trainer is that if your dog humps at the dog park, just let it do it. You know what I mean? There's so there's a dog park by where I live, and I don't take Kevin because he's not interested in other dogs. He could give a fuck about other dogs. But every time I go past there during the day, there's so many dogs and you just hear the owners like, Winston, stop it. Winston, Winston. I know I said I wasn't going to yell, but this is an act up. So give me a second. Winston, stop hump. Winston, Bethany. Everybody's got a human name for their pets now, which I love because we're like, you know what? I don't think kids is that fun. So I'm just going to have a dog and get a bit of person name and that'll feel like a kid. And I got to be honest, it does. And you can leave your kid at home alone. It's sick. Um, but yeah, there's just so many people in Long Island City yelling at their dogs for humping. And uh, my friend who's a dog trainer was saying, you just got to let them hump. Unless the dog that they're humping feels like they're they're like yelping in pain. It's fine. It's fine. Is dog hump? I guess it's not humping if it's humping another dog. I guess that's just straight up sex, huh? <laughs> I never thought about that before. Is consent a thing in the dog world? I don't think it is. But they don't seem to care. That's not doesn't mean that humans shouldn't get it because they should. Um, speaking of humping and speaking of Kevin, poor boy, he's just in the winter time when it's this cold. He he doesn't like he doesn't like going outside. He's so when it's so cold that you can't even have your bare hands out because they'll freeze in two seconds. I, I do like that level of cold because it makes me want to smoke cigarettes less because I'll like start to smoke one. And I'm like, nope, fuck this. Fuck this. Not worth it. And I'm like, wow, if it was just this cold all the time, I wouldn't smoke. Huh. Um, but Kevin is, you know, doesn't get as much exercise in the winter because usually we play soccer on a soccer field and he just runs, runs, runs all night. And because he doesn't do that, I purchased for his birthday. He turned four on January 12th. I purchased uh, a stuffed llama that's three times the size of him. He loves toys that are bigger than him. And all he does, he is he is he is channeling all of his athletic energy into vigorously humping that dog until he gets a U or that llama rather. He just vigorously humps that llama until he gets a UTI. He just humps it all day and all night and I'll put it away and it's stiff. It's stiff. And did I get him fixed? Yes, I did. But he still humps. He humps himself into a UTI. Sometimes he'll hump so hard that he'll yelp like his his little wiener 
got like in a kerfuffle or something. I don't know. I don't know. But he'll yelp and I feel so bad. But then I'll just go right back to humping. So I'm like, I guess it wasn't that bad. And then um, he'll just jizz everywhere. And it's really uncomfortable. Hi, Michael. <laughs> I'm sorry. Michael, uh, the owner of Slickback Studios, was in the bathroom when I started recording. And then he just came back. That was a long time. Number two, huh? Hell yeah. Do it at work. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) You could just say no. It was a long pee and you just had to look at yourself in the mirror. That's what I do. Um, But yeah, my dog just, he just humps this llama all day until he gets a UTI. And it just makes me wonder how a dog and an owner can be so alike. We're two different species, but yet all we, we just masturbate all day. Him and I, not at the same, like not like together. Ew, that's disgusting. I don't think he would care, but I would. Uh, But yeah, just masturbate until you get a UTI because you don't know what else to do. And you got a whole to-do list, but you're like, nah, I got to do other stuff first. Oh, the kitchen counter's dirty. Let me clean the whole kitchen counter before I get to these very important things that were due yesterday. That's how my brain works. ADD, baby. Um, But yeah, Kevin just keeps... Kevin just keeps humping everything and I got to take him to the vet. I mean, I, I got to take the, the, the llama away from him, but then I'm like, it gives him so much joy that I'm like, oh, fine, just hump it. But then when I'm working out on my yoga mat on my living room floor, uh, he'll just drag his llama over to my head and start humping it where his asshole's like in my eye and he's just humping it in my face. Like he'll drag it to hump it near my face. And I don't like that part. I don't really enjoy that part. So I got to figure out how to make him stop doing that. Um, But yeah, just humping away. Poor Kev. He's going to, whatever, it's fine. His dick's fine. You didn't think a dog who was fixed would ejaculate? Not my Kevin. (laughs) Oh man, that llama's stiff. It's like, what, how, how does he have stuff? He has no balls. Where is this fluid coming from? Deep within the bowels of his heart. That's what I say. (laughs) Um, Okay. All right, guys, you know what time it is? It's time for a little bit of fuckboy theater, okay? All right. You know, this fuckboy theater, this this little text exchange that I'm going to read, it does not take place at a dating app. It actually takes place between a woman and her male friend. Okay? So it's just a text. I, I, I gather they're very familiar with each other. I don't know who this lady is, but she's talking to a piece of shit named Rob. I know that. <laughs> He's probably fine. But so she texts Rob a photo of some guy. And it looks like they're like in a plane about to go skydiving. So it's just a guy. And then she says, what's this guy's name? And he says, Jake. And then she says, ah, okay. I've been acquainted with him too long to ask for his name. Ha ha. Ha ha. I hate when that happens. Oh, by the way, your boobs were looking rather huge today. Nice. LOL. Rob, think before you press send. Nope. I don't do that. LOL. You should do that. And see. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you, male friends. Stop commenting. Stop commenting on the boob size. Just tell it to somebody else. Or don't tell it to anybody. Just jerk off to porn. You're already ruined. Just kidding. You've There's hope for you, I think. Um, 
Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Sometimes I wish I was a narcissist because I feel like I'd be a lot further along in my career. I really do. I was thinking about that the other day. I think about it often because there's a lot of people in comedy, period. Cool. And then, but on top of that, there's a lot of people that are definitely not full blown, but a little shades of narcissism. And I got to tell you, they're a lot further along than me. They're a lot further along. Um, I think it's a great trait for a stand-up comedian to be a narcissist because then you just climb your way to the top. And if you fuck people over, you don't probably don't care. You know, I don't want to do that. But also, if you do it and you don't care, that sounds kind of nice. I just it's not in my bones. It's just not in my bones. I care so much what people think. Oh, my God. If I think someone's mad at me, I'm not getting anything done until I pace around my apartment. You good, Michael? Michael's dropping things now in front of his microphone. You okay? Everything good? <laughs> I told Ronnie I make a big deal about when he enters and exits and makes any sound because I think that's funny because he's like, when I come back, just ignore me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the exact opposite. My phone was making noises and as it you always know, I'm does. the loudest producer. Yes. It, truly, the only thing we need from you is silence unless we throw a question to you. And then you just like watch clips of baseball recaps and shit and like <laughs> that's drop, not, you no. drop shit. You ty- I hear you typing. Oh, the ty- and I hear you go... <sighs> sighing like you're my fucking dog who has to pay rent or something it's really funny it's a fun it's a fun little runner i like it yeah what a dynamic yeah a narcissist wouldn't even care that you made sound but i care uh, i don't know if that's true but anyway if i was a narcissist yeah i wouldn't care what people think and um i care too much about what people think which is a terrible straight uh trait to have when you're a stand-up comedian you just can't care what people think. That's why sometimes when I'm having a bad day and I have to go on stage, it doesn't happen that often anymore because I'm like good at it or whatever. Because I've been like doing it 10 years. I hope I'm fucking good at it. Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, am I really bad at stand up? But everyone feels bad for me. So they're just never going to say something. And then I also sometimes wonder, do I have the disease where I think I'm wearing clothes, but I'm actually not. But everyone feels weird and they don't want to tell me. And they're like, guys, just pretend she's wearing clothes. I don't know. It's so dumb. Why do I think? Why? There's so many other things I could be doing instead of wondering about a hypothetical disease that doesn't exist where I'm just naked and no one's telling me. Um, but yeah, I care too much about what people think. Um, oh, I was cleaning my house the other day. I mean, clean my house every day. Sometimes I clean my house twice a day. The whole fucking thing. I love cleaning. The feeling of a cl- when you do a deep clean on your house. Oh my God. It's like porn. It's just so rewarding in every way. And I was scrubbing my counters, just thinking about how much I love cleaning. And, um, and then I was thinking about how much I love, I just started listing out all the things I love because I was smoking weed from my, um, volcano vaporizer, which if you don't know what that is, congrats, you're not a huge stoner. Um, no one should be allowed to own a volcano vaporizer in their home. It should only be allowed to like be unlocked when there's a party going on. Cause that's not, that's not the amount of weed a single person should just be ingesting when they're cleaning their house in in the early evening. Uh, it's too much. But anyway, I was I was cleaning and I was a little stoned and uh, I was just thinking about how much I love cleaning. And then I started thinking about how much I love when you get home from the grocery store after a really big trip, you know, and you get all the things and you got artisan snacks and you got so much shit for a great breakfast the next day. You know, and you got, you got veggie, you got fruit, you got all this fresh fruit that isn't rotten yet. And it's so odd. You just eat whatever you want and you get those little mini 
sometimes you you go, oh, I'm going to be naughty this grocery trip. And you get those mini ice cream cones, the box of six mini ice cream cones. Every once in a while, I'll fucking do that. And I'll eat, I'll double down and I'll eat two the first day. They only last two days in my house. I'll eat two the first day because they're tiny. So I'm like, I should eat two. It's fine. Two is still smaller than a regular ice cream cone. And then the next day you double down again and eat two. And then there's only one left in the box because it's, oh no, two more left in the box. But then you're like, fuck it. I'm just going to eat all of it. And they only last two days. Um, but I love, I love the feeling of your kitchen after it's been clean and it's fully stocked. Oh, what is better than that? Sex and Beyonce. But uh, I love those two things very much. Uh, I'm PMSing. I'm PMSing. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's hard being a woman. Uh, um, but I, don't know how, I knew I was PMSing because I was watching this, a new segment this morning about, um, it was called, I wrote down the headline, cold, stunned sea turtles find refuge at Texas rescue facility. These fucking sea turtles were getting carted away in a grocery cart because the water was too cold and they were being taken into a pool where they could like warm up and all oh, they looked so upset because they were so cold and I just started crying and I was like, oh, I'm gonna get my period soon. Every month, I'm like, why am I a mess? You know, like when I'm PMSing, which I pretty much do every time. Um, why am I so cranky? My the problem the problem with the emotions for me isn't the actual emotion itself. It's my reaction to the emotion. Because <laughs> my whole reputation is on the line when I feel like I'm being short with people. Oh, it's so embarrassing. And then I get down on myself and I feel so much shame. And then that only makes me more short with people. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, but every month when this happens, I'm just like, why am I like this? And I'm only like this for a day and a half max. You know, it never lasts that long. But every time it's such a mystery to me. And I'm like, so shocked. I'm like, again, I'm slipping into the comas of a depression again. And then the next day I'll get my period. And I'm like, oh, right. I forgot, bitch. You bleeding. Um, but I'm trying to work on improving. Ugh. That was a loud breath, Michael. Are you having allergies? You just Wait, you heard that? Of course I did. Yeah. I hear it often, but I usually don't say anything. Both but I'm you like, you know, yeah, yeah. I heard it. yeah. You breathe loud, motherfucker. You My breathe bad. loud. Deep sigh over just, there. Just like it just feels sarcastic, and it feel it makes it me feel like to, what I'm saying it, is stupid. I know that's helps, my problem. If it helps, it has nothing to do with the show. This is all off show stuff. I am sighing because somebody pissed me off, but it wasn't you. <laughs> but you know, I care what people think, and I get take things personally, Michael. No, it's not your fault. I, I do. It's not your but, problem. Maybe you know what. You know what? This is an opportunity for me to not take things personally, like Don Miguel Ruiz says in the Four Agreements. And I'm just gonna let you get pissed off at somebody else while I'm recording. And just breathe right into that microphone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realize. I didn't even know my mic was on. To be honest with you, you turned it on before you went to take a poop. Oh well. <laughs> hey Ronnie, turn it off, huh? <laughs> this, be more, more this is what I'm saying. Coming, I'm I went, sure. Michael. You missed this, but I went on a rant about how I really miss when podcast was just audio. Yeah. Oh, oh I miss. Trust it me, so, so do I. So much. So do I. So much easier. Used to get so much more done. Yeah, and, and, and you didn't have like if you were having a bad day, you didn't have to stare at yourself while you're having a bad day. Yeah, cutting oh. up clips sucks, and oh, also the clips. I, I like I like the audio medium specifically because it, it gives you a chance to be a lot more. It uh, just 
creative. Yes, and, and weird. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was listening back to old voices, uh, episodes of the voices in our heads before I came to you to your mm-hmm. slick back studios, and I was doing all these weird fucking voices, and I just, I just went on weird rants, and I was like, why am I not that comfortable? It's because there's a camera in my face, and I feel fucking stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's hard to forget. It's different. It's not only is there a camera on your face, there's but there's a have, monitor. Yeah, we have the monitor up and everything, so you're seeing it. So it is, it definitely, we're basically making little TV shows now as I know. opposed to what we used to do, which was closer to radio. I know. You know? And there's so much value to just audio. Yeah. But these motherfuckers got to see your face and yeah. see your titties and That's see your business, eyes. That's the business, baby. Ugh, it's business. I like the business, but I really, I really, oh, speaking of all audio, y'all. My album is called Good Girl Barbara, and it's finally coming out. And maybe I'll clip this, maybe I won't. But this is the album cover, and it's so good. One of the reasons, there's a lot of reasons why this took forever to come out, because I filmed it in the spring. And I got to say, okay, so I love a comedy album. This is why, this is what made me want to talk about this. Because it's audio only. You don't got to worry. There's so much, especially with a fucking female. We're always judging. And it's not just men that are doing this. It's women probably more, honestly. Like, I do it. I hate it. I'm like, ugh, gross. Her, like, sense of style sucks. Like, I'll just judge. I judge women so much more than I judge men. I don't say the thing out loud. And, but I do it in my head because I'm a product of society. Anyway, um, my comedy album, Good Girl Barbara. I know this episode is being released on Monday. Um, I think it's going to be out by Monday. Um, ch- follow me on Instagram. Or any of the other ones, but Instagram is the one I like, uh, at Christina Hutch. If it is out today, you will be hearing about it on social media, and it'll be in the link in my bio. Um, But it's a comedy album, okay? And it's just audio. Um, They did film it, and I'm going to release clips to promote it. And they did film the whole thing, and they're going to put the whole thing on the internet like in a couple months. If I had it my way, it would just be audio. Because there's something about the... I love listening to comedy albums. I love comedy specials too, but with an album, you're not distracted. If you don't like the way the person moves or if the person just kind of jumbly on stage, you don't, you're not distracted by that. You're just taking in the audio and there's, it's more, to me, it's more intimate. Uh, But anyway, the comedy album, Good Girl Barbara, uh, it's my debut comedy album. I'm very proud of it. I I recorded it uh, almost a year ago in Philadelphia. Um, Taylor Swift and I played Philly in the same weekend. Um, So that was great for ticket sales. But uh, I'm very proud of this album. So go buy it or listen to it. You don't have to buy it. Uh, but you can if you want. Uh, that'd be cool. But you don't have to. I th- You're probably going to be able to get it on Spotify. But either way, all the places that you'll be able to get it will be made very clear on my Instagram. Okay? So I'm very excited about that. Um, so good girl, Barbara. And I love the name. I knew the album. The album cover took a long time to make because I don't know how to articulate design things. <laughs> just don't know how. It's not my thing. I am a very visual person. If you walk into my my apartment, you will understand right away that I am very specific about what my surroundings look like. I love it. That's why I want to buy a building in New York City and turn it into an immersive theater venue where it's an apartment building and every floor is uh, a different artist. And within that floor, there's four apartments and each apartment you walk in and we use sight, sound, color, taste, smell, touch, uh, you're not going to get diddled. Don't worry. Um, but anyway, I love, I love aesthetics. I love artistic aesthetics. So, um, I'm very picky about what I wanted the album cover to look like, but I couldn't quite communicate it. So I was like, I want it to be good. That's not a good note. 
to give to a designer. Um, you can give them examples, but then when they give you an example that looks like the examples you gave them and you're like, I don't like that. But then you got to say, why? Why do you don't not like about it? What do you want improved? And then you're like, ah, better. You can't say that. I wasn't going to yell this episode. And I did. Oh, well, I'm working on it. Okay. I'm really trying to improve my reputation with myself. I've been running. I'm still running. So cool. I've not run the past three days because it is very cold out. It's way too cold. Today's not bad. Today's 31. 31 I could fucks with. 31 I could do gloves. I could do a little, I could do running in 31. 17? No, sir. No, sir. I'm not running 17. I'm not going outside in 17. Okay. Kevin's peeing on a pee pad because he can't even be outside in 17. It's terrible. No, no one should be that cold. And it makes me think of Chicago. Oh, poor you guys. That sucks. It's really cold where you are. Way colder than here. How do you do that? What do you, how do you, why, why do you live there during the winter? I don't get that. For some reason, I always go on tour in Canada and the, the, no offense, but the worst parts of Canada in the dead of winter, like Ottawa is, Ottawa is not a great place. It's not as bad as uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg, God hates Winnipeg. Okay. I've said this many times. Every time I go to Winnipeg, I'm like, I'm sorry, God hates you. But you know, you choose to live here and that's honestly, you got to work on that. Um, Winnipeg's a god awful place, but great comedy audience, great comedy audience. Because people who live in hell holes, turns out they have a great sense of humor because they have to. Okay. Um, so I do love performing there, but, uh, I was in Ottawa once in February and I was so excited because I was like, that's where Justin Trudeau is. He's hot. Um, cause that's all I knew about him. And, uh, I went outside to walk a block cause I was starving and the hotel food, not great. There was a grocery store a block away. I walked outside. My eyelashes froze. They developed. I don't know where this water came from. I wasn't crying, but they developed, they turned into icicles. And I was like, hell no, hell no, not doing this today. Guess I'm not eating. You get very thin in the cold because in Canada, cause you don't want to go anywhere to get food. Um, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, sorry to everybody who lives in a cold place. I'm going, oh, and shows. Let me tell you about some shows show I'm doing. Um, February 1st is a Thursday. That's the guys we fucked live at the Midnight Theater, our first residency uh, date of 2024. And then February 9th and 10th, I'm going to be headlining Bananas Comedy Club in Hasbro Heights, New Jersey. I'm pretty sure that's where it is. It's right across the river from Manhattan. And I'm going to be headlining with John Campanelli featuring uh, February 9th and 10th. February 14th is Valentine's Day. If you're in the Los Angeles area, Corinne Fisher and I are performing in the main room at the Comedy Store. The last time her and I performed there, we sold it out. That was many years ago. Um, And now we're back and tickets are over halfway sold. So get them now. Link in my bio. Punch that subscribe and like button or whatever. Um, You can't do that on Instagram, but whatever. Um, so yeah, those are some very fun shows and it's going to be great. Oh my God. I played paddle. Have you guys ever played paddle? Mm. Yo, that shit is fun. Yeah. It's like tennis. It's like if tennis and what's that game that they write all the New York times articles about. That's like people hate the people playing this sport. Pickleball. pickleball. Yeah. Pickleball. Cause you bring your own court or you bring your own little net or whatever. I see people playing pickleball a lot. Paddle's such a rich person sport though. It does. It did. We got there. Me, my boyfriend, and then our our friends, uh, our, our friend Coleman and his fiance. Um, so we went there, and yeah, it was just all Connecticut white guys that like had perfect hair, and you're like, 
you have at least one rape under your belt. Like, and maybe you were drunk too, but like, it's still rape. Um, you're like, I don't trust you. Uh, but they were, yeah, uh, we got there. I've never played paddle before. It is so fun. And I finally figured out the game. I get really mad with sports. Oh my God. I have such a temper. <laughs> one time, it was about a year ago, Colin and I were in Arizona and we went to a batting cage and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, because I used to play softball. I used to fucking crush softball. So I was so excited. I haven't been to a batting cage in forever. And we get there and I put my helmet on and I go in. I didn't hit one fucking ball and I got so mad <laughs> that I started beating the ground with the bat looking like a fucking idiot. And then the balls kept coming and then I got hit. Oh, and then I got way more mad. <laughs> it was terrible. So when we were playing paddle, I was like, okay, we're not going to get mad this time, Christina. We're going to be real calm and realize it's a fucking game. Okay. And if you, if you're bad at it, well, one, you've never played it. So it doesn't matter. And two, it's a game. Nothing matters. You're just here to have fun. I just had to give myself a little pep talk. And it was so, that game is so fun. I got to say, we rented a court for an hour. Very expensive. Like, fuck you, how expensive that was. Apparently, we're in peak hours. But it made me want to get a membership to this place because it's like half the price, apparently, if you remember. But I was like, I by the time the hour was over, I got the hang of the game. And I was like a coke addict, fiending. I'm like, we need to keep playing. Can we run it for one more hour? But the, the, guy, the fucking Connecticut guys were already waiting for our court because our hour was up. And they were just like tapping their little fucking loafer shoe waiting for us to fucking finish. Um, and I really wanted to hit them. But um, but yeah, I, I did get I did get a little pissed off. But then I, I crushed it right away. I, I was like, hey, we're not going to do this, Christina, because it's fun. Don't get mad. That ruins your fun. And I, this is one thing I love on this course. It's fun. Okay, so play paddle. And then, oh, so we played paddle. It was so fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to play it again. Oh, I love sports. Because it also tricks you into working out, which is sick. And it's fun. It's uh, it's it's all there's nothing bad that could come from playing sports. Um, and well, I guess if you get hit and you go get a concussion. Um, but then we went to this vegan restaurant called the Butcher's Daughter. <sighs> that shit was good. And I wasn't bloated afterwards because I was like, oh, this is healthy food. I had zucchini spaghetti or whatever. It was so delicious. Um, so, yeah. All right, Ronnie, how much time am I at? What am I at? 23 minutes? You're at 29 minutes. Oh, so close. Okay. So I want to end this episode by reading this fucking book. God damn, I love this book. If you don't know, if you weren't here with us last week, the book is called How We Live is How We Die by Pema Chodron. Pema is just a lovely gal and she writes... I just love what she writes. She does a lot of Buddhist stuff, but she talks like she's a person of today. She'll curse. Not in this book. I don't think she really curses in this book, but she curses in her other book. And I'm like, my girl. Okay, so last week I read the chapter 12. The first step to freedom is refraining. This is chapter 13. It's only a few pages and I'm going to read it nice and slow so I don't stumble over my words because I'm not very good at reading out loud. And so I'm going to get better at it because part of this podcast is me reading out loud. So we have no choice, right? Because I got to watch this back for clips and I have to cringe over all the times that I stumble over the words because podcasts have video now. <laughs> okay. Uh, the second step to courage, a positive take on clashes, which <laughs> I can't read the word... So, okay, Klesha's is spelled K-L-E-S-H-A-S. 
and I and I have the book in in I have a physical copy of the book and I have an audio copy of the book. And she says Clacia, but every time I read it, I'm like Clacia, uh, like like I'm like of Long Island, like the nanny. I can I can't, and then I get just keep reading it in a Long Island accent. So I'm probably gonna do that. It, I, I'm going to force myself this episode to not care that there's a camera staring at me. And behind that camera, there's a big screen TV with all these squares of my face on it. And I'm just going to forget that. And maybe I'll do my voices again because I like doing them. And I don't care what you think. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. The seven points of mind training contains a pithy slogan about the second step to courage. Transforming the clashes into love and compassion. Okay, so I'm going to read this slow because I had to read it slow to really understand it. But I love what she's saying here. Three objects, three poisons, three seeds of virtue. Okay, three objects, three poisons, three seeds of virtue. Three objects refers to three categories. Objects we find pleasant, those we find unpleasant, and objects we have no particular feelings about. Those are the three objects. The three poisons are craving, check, aggression, when I'm behind the wheel of a car playing a sport, checkity check, and ignorance. And I don't like to think that I'm ignorant, but I'm a human being. Of course I am. Uh, These arise in response to the objects, okay? So poison, oh, the three poisons are craving, which arrive from an object we find pleasant. (laughs) Shit, that's so true. Aggression, in response to an object we find unpleasant, like losing a paddle. And ignorance, That's uh, in response to an object that we don't have any particular feelings about. These arise in response to the objects. Then the three seeds of virtue. Now, this this is the wisdom. This is the wisdom of this chapter. The three seeds of virtue suggest that poisons can be valuable. And you might be going, what? How? I'm going to tell you because Pema wrote a book about it. Day in and day out with hardly a break, virtually everyone on this planet experiences the three poisons. And that's fucking good to know because I thought it was just fucking me. Because sometimes you're like, how can I experience every single emotion multiple times throughout the same day? It's a lot. But it it is nice to know that other people do that. And it's not just me and I'm not crazy. Some people are more wrapped up in craving. Mm -hmm. Others in aggression and others in ignorance. I mean, we all I feel like we're all naming names in our head. But one way or the other, we all suffer from the poisons, our reactions to them. And that's my Achilles heel, my reactions to things. I just fucking react so hard. Oh, I was just born to react really over, like just too, too overreactive, overreactive, very hyperbolic. Uh, and the consequences of these reactions, the clashes are an inevitable res- uh, result of the illusion of separateness. Since the energy of the clashes is neither good nor bad, which is not ever how I treated it. If I was experiencing something I liked, I was like, this is good. And as I experience something I don't like, I go, this is bad. But that's actually not true. That's a fucking lie that I tell myself and that you probably tell yourself too. That's why the beauty industry is a billion dollar industry because they make you feel like you're an old fat bitch. And then they go, but not with this cream. And then you're like, well, I have to buy it because I don't want to be irrelevant or worthless when in reality, none of that is true. Okay. Uh, why do we get so captured by them? The answer is because of our thoughts. Ugh. Only our thoughts make them positive or negative. That's so true. Uh, 
Because our general propensity is to find the Klesha energy hard to handle, we tend to run away from it in harmful ways. <laughs> I do. This is why we need to slow the process down and allow a mindful gap. Easier said than done, Pema. Easier said than done. With the practice of transformation, we begin the mindful gap and then take things a step further. We use our thoughts intentionally to give the kleshas a positive direction. We do this by using the pain of our emotions. And boy, is there so much pain with our emotions, or at least if you're me. That very intensity we usually avoid, and how I avoid it like the plague, that's why I got all this fun shit to do in my apartment, to connect with others. Right now, we are going, whatever we are going through, other people are going through the same thing. Whatever is stirring up in our heart is stirring up in the hearts of countless others. Countless others are feeling disturbed by their emotions, getting caught in their storylines, becoming triggered, and reacting in destructive ways. I mean, yeah, have you been outside? That's all that's happening. And this confusion, anxiety, and distress is happening in many ways. It comes in so many flavors. Yet, it is never just my pain. Anything I feel is shared by all. When I touch anger, I know the anger of all beings. It does feel like that because anger will just really sweep you up and set you on fire. And it does feel like you're feeling the anger for everybody. That's that's nice to know. When I con uh, when I contact the grasping of insatiable wanting, I know the cravings of all beings. All feelings are universal, felt by all of us. We are in this. We are, in a sense, all the same in the same boat. Most of the time, when we feel confused, anxious, or distressed, we get wrapped up in our own discomfort, which cuts us off from others. Oh, so true. The last thing I want to do when I'm having a bad time is to connect with other people. But then sometimes you're having a bad time, and not only do you have to leave the house, you have to go to work to do a podcast with video. We lose sight of the obvious fact that just like us, no one likes to feel irritated, depressed, or insecure. That is so, I'm going to read it again for the people in the motherfucking back. We lose sight of the obvious fact that just like us, no one likes to feel irritated, depressed, or insecure. And if you do, you sociopath. No one is indifferent to their own suffering. We know this from experience and from everything we observe. In this essential way, everyone now and throughout the course of time is exactly like ourselves. We all want to be free from any form of pain. I mean, amen. We all want to enjoy our time on this earth and not experience it as a burden. <laughs> God, this lady's brilliant. The teachings on transformation suggest that we use our emotional pain as a stepping stone to opening our hearts to others. Without experiencing suffering for ourselves, we only have an abstract idea of what others are going through. And that's so true. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why I, I don't, I'm not like setting out to find people who have been through terrible things, but for the most part, if I look at all my friends and all the people in my life that I like, you know, talk to, I don't fucks with anybody who hasn't been through terrible things. I just don't. Um, because you ever, you ever, there's a couple moments in my life where I've talked to like, usually it's like a young, cute girl. Uh, and we're like, I'm at a bar with like, I'm in college. I can remember a very specific time where I was in college and there was this girl that was sweet. But I'm like, I feel like you've not been through stuff. And she would have like a pumps and pearls party. Like that was literally the theme, pumps and pearls. So you had to wear pumps and pearls. And so for protest, my friend and I went and we went in sneakers and brought hamburgers because we were like, they're going to hate this. Um, and they did. And we stopped being friends after that. But um, this this girl was really sweet, but she's not, she hadn't been through stuff. And my first year of college, I'm coming off a 
two suicide attempts from the mom. One was before my right before I moved in my first year of college. And the other one was right before I moved in to New York for this college. So I and I wasn't I didn't know that that was messed up. So I was just like, everything's fine. <laughs> you know, I was walking around like that, like a little ticking time bomb because I was like 21. And I'm like, I'm never going to die. Everything's great. I'm perfect. We're all perfect. And uh, but I had a lot of pain with me. And this this one particular lady, she she I could just tell she was just she was pleasant and lovely. But like I was talking about something. I remember I was talking about like kind of being depressed. And she was like, oh, my God, what's that like? And she was I'm like, what's that like you? What? You just asked me that. And I never talked to her again. So when we feel the tug of craving, the burn of anger, the checked out quality of ignorance, instead of resenting these emotions, which I do do that, we can appreciate them for giving us insight into the experience of others. They can help us develop empathy with all humanity. And that's one of my superpowers. I'm starting to get to know myself a lot better now. Thank you, 30s. And I got to say, I I can pretty much empathize with anybody. The only person that I cannot empathize with, and I frankly have no interest in empathizing with, are people who litter on purpose. I'm not talking about you get your phone out and the little gum wrapper falls out and you don't see it. But I'm talking about motherfuckers who are eating a burger and then they throw the wrapper on the ground. I don't think you deserve to be here. Okay? Don't no empathy for litterers. But everybody else, I get it. Thus, the three objects and poisons are transformed into seeds of virtue. For instance, suppose your most prominent clasia is ignorance. Oh, you an ignorant little bitch. Okay, we can fix that. Whenever you're in a tough situation or having a difficult conversation or starting to get overwhelmed, it's as if a plastic sheet goes up between you and the outer world. And I read that part and I was like, when I got to the ignorance part, I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not, I don't relate to that. But then this, the whole, when you're in a tough situation or having a difficult conversation, you get overwhelmed and then the plastic sheet goes up. Holy hell, do I relate to that? So I was like, fuck, I guess I'm ignorant. Damn it. Really didn't think I was, but you can hardly speak or relate. That's so you go. Your brain goes offline. Your brain goes offline, baby. This tendency causes you enormous pain. Uh huh. You feel doomed to go through this awful numbness over and over again. Amen. You feel hopelessly stuck. But here you can try thinking about your numbness in a different way. Yes. Give me homework assignments, Pema. I want to make this work. Consider that what you're feeling right now is being felt by millions of people throughout the world. And this is the rub. This is a little exercise you got to do. When you feel the bad feeling come up and you do, your brain starts doing the same little shit hamster wheel that it always does, whatever, whatever flavor that you do it in. When you feel that, consider, I'm going to read the sentence again, consider that what you're feeling right now is being felt by millions of people throughout the world at this very instant, Okay. So if you happen to be listening to this podcast or watching it because you're like that um, and you're going through something tough, take a second and realize that there are millions of people right now in this very second all around the world in every single country, all of them, even the ones that you've never heard of. Get a globe. Uh, is They're feeling this. They're feeling this. And so that's nice because I think when we go into these shitty emotions, one of the things that keeps us in the shitty place is like we just get victimy. Well, I get victimy. And I'm like, why is this happening to me? I'm the only one that bad stuff happens to. Bitch, no, 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 bitch, you're not. None of them welcomes the feeling any more than you do. And beyond the present moment, 
When you think about the vastness of time, the number of people who have had this unpleasant experience is limitless. Cute. Furthermore, this is the only there, this is only one type of suffering. All of us have our own versions, but one way or another, we all go through emotional pain throughout our lives. And if you haven't, I don't fucks with you. When we tap into what's going on with ourselves and realize that the same thing is happening to so many others, there's a real possibility of bringing down barriers between ourselves and others. Because that's the other thing that happens. You isolate. When someone's going through depression, everybody I know that has depression, they isolate. I do the same thing. You isolate because you just feel like such shit and you just, you don't want to burden other people. But I got to be honest, when I have a friend that's going through a really depressed time and they make the effort to come out and, but they're like openly depressed, I fucking love it. Cause it makes me realize like, oh, you do that too? Dude, I have the same feelings and you're strong enough to be outside and be around people. And I'm going to try that next time. Um, Cause yeah, isolating only makes it worse. And reacting to your feelings also makes it worse. All those things make it worse. By contemplating our sameness with others, we might begin to question the illusion of separateness. Having empathy and tenderness for others is based on having empathy and tenderness for ourselves. Ugh. Ugh. It's so true. To the degree that we can feel what we feel, to the degree that we feel we will be able to know firsthand what others feel. How can we really know what others are going through and feel tenderness towards them if we haven't felt these feelings ourselves and develop tenderness for our own sorrows. Guys, develop tenderness for your own sorrows. What's your problem? Therefore, an important step in transforming clashes into seeds of virtue is to get in touch with a sense of warm-heartedness towards yourself. See, there I go, going in the accent. Imagine that from this moment on, you are going to accept yourself. (gasps) your propensities, your shortcomings, the whole package. Imagine if you could trust yourself that you are not a threat to yourself, that you are here to help yourself. No. Yes, 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 no. yes, yes. Um, cultivating a feeling of unconditional warmth to, tr- uh, to yourself is the foundation of being able to transform your clashes into love for others. For instance, oh, this is a great example. Say you're a compulsive liar. Oh, I've met a couple of those. It's a weird, it's a weird one. Compulsive lying is a weird one. Because the t- a couple of people that I met that I, you don't know at first, but they're the person that I met, very charming and lovely, very fun, very fun person, like the most fun. Um, They were a compulsive liar. And I'm like, well, that's such a weird, that's such a weird one. But it's, it's not uncommon. So there's, and there's a reason. There is a reason. Um, if you simply hate this fact about yourself, so if you are a compulsive liar and you hate the fact that you are a compulsive liar, you'll always turn away from any opportunity to take a look at what's going on. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, they's and thems, dogs and cats, that is why people walk around and you're, and they have like some glaring prop, like some glaring thing. Like I've, I've met people and I've been, ugh, I've been this person. Your girl ain't no saint. I've been this person where you're just kind of like walking around, just like bleeding over every, on everybody, not literally, uh, but like just kind of like you're just you're just either if, if you're a compulsive liar, for example, or if you have a really bad temper or whatever. And it really it really uh, hinders your interacting with people. I've witnessed that in other people. And I go, surely they know. Right. Because eh, they're doing it to everybody. None of us like it. We're all taken aback by it, a little turned off by it. 
And we're expressing that in our gaze. Some of it are, some of us are expressing it verbally. Others don't know the person well enough and don't feel comfortable enough of going, bitch, you okay? Bitch, are you okay? You okay, bitch? You okay, bitch? What's going on? But if you don't like whatever that quality is about yourself, your willingness to actually take a look at it and do something about it is zero. It's zero. And I always wondered, and I and I wondered this about myself. I'm like, why? There's so many traits. I'm so good at hiding shit from myself. Oh, I'm so good at it. It's awful. It's awful. We all do it. But man, that's why I don't like video with podcasts because you just, you're really forced to look at the thing you don't want to look at on the fucking video. And you're like, oh, I was hiding the fact that I did this from myself for so long. And now I have to face it and clip it. Well, I'm not clipping it because I'm embarrassed. Um, but I mean, so I guess video on podcasts is a good thing because it really forces you to take a look at really how you're coming off. But it's not good for your mental health, I would say, at least not at first. Um, okay, you'll be too threatened. All right, I'm going to read this again because this is such an important point. If you simply hate the fact that you're a compulsive liar, you'll always turn away from the opportunity to take a look at what's going on. You'll be too threatened even to ask yourself why you lie so much, what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to avoid. This denial will give the problem ideal conditions in which to grow, like a mold that thrives in the dark. Ooh, cute. But if you develop curiosity and sympathy towards your tendency to lie, and you deserve to develop that towards yourself, because yes, it's a frustrating quality, but I got to say, it's not the worst quality. The worst quality is littering, okay? If you develop a curiosity and sympathy towards your tendency to lie, not feeding it, but exploring it, very important, you'll naturally begin to have empathy for others who do the same thing. And that's a great point. That's such a great point. Because sometimes I'll get mad at somebody or I'll just get annoyed. I'll be annoyed at somebody. I don't, I don't express them. I'm not, because the thing that I'm annoyed at isn't something that's, that, that warrants me speaking up. It's because I do that same thing and I hate that I do that. So I'd much rather focus on the fact that you're doing that and what's your fucking problem and haha, I'm not doing that right now, but I'm going to walk away from the conversation I'm having and do the same thing that I hate that you do, that I do. And it's all fucked. That's why I say congrats on not killing yourself because this shit's confusing. You'll understand how much misery this tendency causes, how it prevents uh, uh, people from ever feeling right about themselves. And how that low self-esteem often leads to them striking out at the world. You'll also understand how hard it is to stop lying, even when it becomes painfully obvious how good it would be to stop. Oh, just put a little lube on before you fuck me that good, Pema. We only stand in the shoes of others to the degree that we stand in our own. Oh, Jesus. When we turn a blind eye to our own emotions and propensities, we cut ourselves off from others. It's as simple as that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Voices in Our Heads. Make sure to get my album, Good Girl Barbara. It's available probably. And if not, it'll be available very soon. And come see us in New York City February 1st at the Midnight Theater, February 9th and 10th at Hasbro Heights. Uh, watch me headline Bananas. And then on February 14th in Los Angeles, California at the Main Room in the Comedy Store. Thank you so much for listening to the Voices in Our Heads. I'm the soft-speaking Christina Hutchinson. <laughs> <laughs>